welcome to the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. Peace Church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast as we celebrate life change through the ministries of Peace Church. Welcome back to the Peace Church Life Change podcast. I'm Brad Perry, the mobilization pastor here at Peace. It's great to have you back. I just want to also encourage you, if you've not yet subscribed, please just click uh, subscribe there, whether it's with Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, however it is you listen to these podcasts, go ahead, click subscribe so these uh, automatically just come to your phone or your computer, and then you don't have to worry about clicking download. Um, And we're excited. Uh, Today, we've got Tim Hutchinson with us. Uh, Tim is associated with the Keystone Project. We've been supporting um, Tim for about a year now. Uh, and so it's just good to have him. Tim, we go back to 2002 uh, to Kirby Church in Flat Rock, Michigan. I was a 22-year-old college student doing my internship there, and I'm going to show my age a little bit because your brother Joe was in fifth grade, so that will put you at about what age? Yeah, I was in third grade, so I'm not sure what age that is, maybe Seven, eight, nine, whatever yeah, that is. Would be. My, my daughter's in just finished second grade, and she just turned eight. So you would have been, yeah, wow, about, about eight years old or so. So that's going to age <laughs> me. I'm about to turn 40, so just kind of give you respect. I'm, I'm getting the old, man. Uh, so, Tim, man, if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so like, so like Brad mentioned, well, first of all, I just want to say – I'm just super encouraged to be to be on this podcast and really thankful for Peace Church for for being a partner along with us and our family and I love that Peace Church is is a mission driven church uh, a dis, a discipleship driven church and so that just really encourages us and our family but but yeah like uh like Brad mentioned uh I'm from Michigan grew up in Michigan uh at Kirby Church um my wife grew up in Arkansas and we, like many other Bible college students, met at Bible college and fell in love and got married. And from there, uh, the Lord really blessed us with, a, with an awesome opportunity to join a church in Owasso, Oklahoma called Rejoice Church with Casey Carricker. And uh, yeah, that church is just, just phenomenal. But even, even when uh, my wife and I, Lauren, were dating, uh, we really always felt the call to missions uh, knew that missions was heavy on our heart. And, uh, yeah, when, when I, when I shared that with our pastor, Casey, you know, he was super excited for us and, uh, shared with him about an opportunity to join the Keystone project in uh, Southern California. And they just did an awesome job of of coming around us and supporting us and, and really wanting to, to send us out as missionaries to, uh, Southern California, which is currently where where my wife and I and two kids are at right now. So, my daughter, her name is Adelaide. She is three and a half. I have a son, Aslan, who's two, and then my wife is also very, very pregnant. Probably by the time that this podcast releases, Lord willing, we'll have a third child because life wasn't busy enough as it is. That's right. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, we actually got to um, got to meet your wife when she was a college student at Welch College. She came over to our camp for the summer uh, service, and we got to know Lauren there at Camp Lip, Ohio. So that was really cool uh, to then go and serve. It's actually last summer we got to serve with you for a day 
as we did our mission trip there in Southern California, you guys took a day with us and really just drove home personal evangelism, how to share your faith, and then took us out into your community uh, to actually put our, our work into practice and share faith. It was really, really an, an awesome time, man. Um, so tell us a little bit about the mission and the vision of the Keystone Project. Yeah, so, so like I mentioned earlier, my wife and I always wanted to, to be involved in missions, but we didn't really understand maybe exactly what, what that would look like. You know, are we going to gonna serve overseas? Are we going to serve stateside? Uh, and, and we were kind of praying through that. And so as we were in Oklahoma, we got connected with this organization through my brother called the Keystone Project, who, were, who was down in Houston, Texas. So we would take the youth group and we'd go down to Houston, Texas and serve alongside of them. And really, when we, when we saw how they did ministry, you know, my wife and I, we really didn't have to pray about if we were going to join the Keystone Project, but really when, because we saw that the, the Houston team, what they did was they, they really lived amongst the people that they were ministering to. And these people that they were ministering to were people from countries where Christianity was illegal or highly persecuted, or there was no Christians amongst these people groups. And when we saw that, that heart and that vision to see multiplication amongst the unreached people groups, we knew that, we, that God was calling us to do the same. And so really our vision is to, is to glorify God by seeing, by seeing you know, disciples multiplied by the Spirit in every nation on earth. And here in California, we have a specific vision to see a multiplying church amongst every unreached people group in Southern California here, but ultimately back in their home countries as well. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I know particularly you guys have a focus um, with Muslims. I know when we were there last summer, we actually went and visited a mosque. Uh, you took our students and went through it. We heard a little presentation there, very eye-opening. That was my first experience ever you know, going into a mosque. Uh, so you've got right now, we're in the month of, we're in Ramadan for them. It's a very sacred time for uh, the people of the Islamic faith. So just explain to us a little bit, what is Ramadan? Like we hear about Ramadan, but just kind of give us a brief explanation of what Ramadan is. Yeah, so, so Ramadan is, uh, is where, where Muslims, really they're fasting from sunup to sundown. So anytime the sun is shining, they're not eating. They're not drinking anything. You know, they're really abstaining from, from all things. Uh, and, and the purpose is to, is to seek Allah out. But also, you know, since Islam is a works-based works religion, it's also, uh, for them, they're viewing this as, this is an opportunity for, for me to earn merit from Allah. You know, they're doing this to, to, to earn credit because uh, they believe, you know, the, the more good I do, maybe the, the higher chance that I can can. Uh, experience heaven and so when we think when we're thinking about Ramadan it's it's not just the devout Muslims who are doing who are doing Ramadan or who are fasting really even the nominal Muslims are partake, partaking in Ramadan and if we think about you know across the world you know some studies say there's there's close to to a billion Muslims in the world right now and so really this is just the key key time uh, for us as believers to be to be going to war for them, praying for them, uh, that they would that they would hear from 
from the true God throughout this month. So specifically, so how are you and your team like reaching out to Muslims during this time? Yeah, so again, our heart is to, is to reach the unreached. You know, we believe that, that everyone has an opportunity or everyone deserves an opportunity to at least hear the gospel one time. At least, at least hear the message of Jesus. Give them an opportunity to respond to the gospel. You know, we believe that the Great Commission can be fulfilled in our lifetime as we, as we minister to these people, and that's that's our heart. And so here, you know, obviously with with COVID, with the coronavirus going around, you know, it looks a little bit different. But I think for for us as believers, the first thing that that our team is doing is we're fasting and praying for them. And I know that sounds maybe really simple. But every time we do this, we always see God move in, in, in miraculous ways. Um, there's studies going on right now that, that over, over the last 15 years, there have been more Muslims who have come to Christ than over the previous 1,400 years combined. And so God is really doing something really unique in this time that we are living uh, amongst Muslims. And so we're praying and fasting for them. Um, but also specifically amongst this, this coronavirus, we felt like maybe the two obstacles that we were facing when ministering to, to Muslims, but also other people as well was uh, we felt like maybe they weren't open or time. Like they didn't want to take the time to, uh, or didn't feel like they had the time. But, but since the coronavirus has happened, we felt like really, these Muslims and other people, they're very open right now. And also they have a lot of time, you know, they're not working as much or uh, they're, they're at home more. And so God is using this really in a, in a powerful way for us to, to ask those, those deeper questions. How is God speaking to you this month? You know, has, has God spoken to you maybe in a dream or a vision? We see many, many stories of, of converts of, of Muslims to, to Christianity that the majority of them actually come to Christ through supernatural means, through maybe Jesus appearing to them in a dream or a vision. And they're very, they're very aware of those things, specifically during Ramadan, as they're seeking Allah out, they're seeking him out to hear from him in some way. And so as we ask those deeper questions, you know, I believe they may say, you know, God hasn't, or Allah hasn't spoken to me this month. Well, I say, I'm going to be praying and fasting that you will receive a dream this month and you may not understand what it is, but I want you to tell me about that dream whenever you have it. And we've had stories of Muslims coming to us. Hey, I had this dream about this, this man in white, or I have this dream that needs interpretation. What are your, what are, what are your insights about that? And so uh, really asking those deeper questions uh, to, to allow God's spirit to work in ways to to really act in faith to see them uh to see god's spirit move amongst them yeah and i think that's so important and i know for us like you can't have that without relationship so you're not gonna I mean, without a relationship i can't talk to someone and say hey look share with me about your dream or share with me about what's going on uh so i think it's a huge thing for us is like man make sure you're building relationships with people of that faith i mean we're where we are here in Wilson, I mean, just recently, within the last couple of years, an Islamic center was just started a mile down the road from us. 
And so, you know, our students, hey, look, they're, they're in school with people that are of the Islamic faith. So I think, man, build a relationship so that you can have opportunities like that to just ask those questions. Um, I know one thing you yeah, got. Well, and, and yeah. What you think about, like, Islam uh, is, is one of the fastest growing religions right now. And it's not just because of conversion rate. It's not, not a lot of people are necessarily converting to Islam. It's really just simply because as a birth rate you know typically middle eastern families or, or asian families they have they have more kids and so if islam is really the fastest growing religion then then we as believers must must do something about that for sure man i know one thing you guys did with us you worked with us a lot on how to share faith and just sharing our story um and just walking us through that so I know a lot of what you do, I mean, there's a ton of personal evangelism. What do you say are the biggest obstacles that really hold Christians back from sharing their faith with others? Yeah, well, uh, like, like we mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up in church. I went, to, I went to a Christian school, went to Bible college. And honestly, I don't feel like I'm a great evangelist by any means you know it's really it's it's uncomfortable for me oftentimes or maybe i feel like i stumble over my words or i, I should have said this i should have said that and so i don't feel like i'm an expert by any means but i went on a mission trip to cuba actually uh and going into going into the mission trip uh, i really didn't understand exactly what the mission trip was but come to find out it was a it was an evangelism mission trip and one of the Cuban guys, he asked me this question and, and I was about to graduate Bible college and I was a senior when I went on this trip and he asked me a question that changed my life. He said, how do you share the gospel with people in America? And here I am again, I grew up in church, you know, I grew up, uh, I went to Bible college, I'm studying to be a pastor and really I had, I had no answer for him because I don't think I had ever shared the gospel before with anybody in my life. And so when I realized, you know, that question really changed my life. God's spirit really started to work in my life. And um, when I realized, you know, that's my story. The more I talked to other believers, other Christians in the church, I realized, you know, that's a lot of other people's story as well. Uh, a lot of other people are, are finding themselves in that position. So I feel like honestly, one of the major obstacles to answer your question, Brad, is, is people aren't truly walking in their identity in Christ. You know, 2 Corinthians 5 verses 17 through 20 talks about how you are, if you are in Christ, which we as believers would claim to be in Christ, that you are a new creation, but also you are an ambassador. You're an ambassador for Christ. And I think oftentimes we as believers, we, we understand what it means to be a new creation. You know, I think we, we, we get that concept, but oftentimes what I've experienced with other, with other Christians, other believers is, I don't know if we're truly walking in that identity of being an ambassador. And the truth is in, in the scripture, it says you're not one or the other, but it's, you are both of them. You know, we are a new creation and an ambassador. So uh, I feel like honestly, that's one of the, the major obstacles is, is really understanding and operating and walking in what it means to be uh, a new creation and an ambassador. Yeah, man, for sure. And one thing you said was you said you don't feel very comfortable doing it. You don't feel like you're an expert. 
but yet you do it. I mean, you've devoted your life to it and you're going after the probably the most difficult group of people to reach with the gospel. So like what's helped you become more bold and sharing your faith? Yeah. Well, there's been a, there's been a couple quotes that honestly, uh, from other, from other like pastors and leaders that really have helped, have helped change how I, uh, view, uh, scripture and how I'm, I'm being obedient to it. One of them is from Hudson Taylor, you know, the famous missionary. He says, the great commission is not an option to be considered rather it's a commandment to be obeyed. And so really asking myself the question, am I being obedient to, to Jesus's great commission? Um, another, another quote by, by Charles Swindle, he says, whatever we do, we must not treat the great commission. Like it's the great suggestion. Mm-hmm. And so really those quotes help, help, uh, drive me to be really more obedient to what God is calling me to. But honestly, one, one really practical thing is, is godly accountability. Having someone constantly asking me the question, who have you shared the gospel with this week? And what was their response? Honestly, I think if, if we as believers are asking ourselves that question on a more regular basis, I think we're going to see our identity really oh, I didn't share the gospel this week because I was too busy with, with other things. Okay, so what can we do to, to remove those obstacles in your life to, to free you to be more open to sharing the gospel? Um, I think another thing, a really, a really practical thing is, is aligning ourselves with Jesus's heart. Jesus says, you know, we see in scripture in, in the book of Luke, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You know, as we as believers, if we're following after Christ, shouldn't we have the same, same mission and heart as Jesus? Oh man, I just want to, I want to seek and save the lost. I want to, I want to see Jesus uh, glorified amongst people who have never or rarely heard the gospel before. And probably the last thing is, is not to, is not to, to confuse knowledge with obedience Mm. where yes, I have knowledge of the word. But just because I have knowledge of the word doesn't mean that I'm practically obeying the word as well. And so I think those things for me have really helped, you know, spur me on to the mission or be even more bold with my faith uh, to really make this a lifestyle, not just something I do, you know, once or twice a year. Yeah, I think you touched on some really key things. I know one thing we encourage our people to do is be part of a discipleship group. Uh, And when you're in that D group, Part of, you know, one of the things that's so uh, valuable to that is there is that accountability. Like each week, you're not just talking about the head knowledge that you got from doing your hear journals and, and your, you know, your daily readings and devotional time. But there's also accountability questions, you know, like, hey, who is somebody you've been sharing your faith with? You know, who's somebody that's far from God that you've been reaching out to this week? And, you know, it is, you know, that helps you to know, hey, look, when I, when I face this group, I want to be able to say something. That's not a lie, but I want to be able to share like, um, yes, I have been known no, that question's coming. Uh, so I think you know, we encourage our people. So if you're listening, you're part of East church, like, Hey, that's another reason why D groups are so important. And while we talk about them all the time, but we, as Tim said here, we need that accountability. Um, man, our, our mission statement here is we say peace church exists to glorify God and make disciples by helping everyday people experience life change through Christ in our relationships. And so what is a life change story that you could share from your ministry through the Keystone Project there in Southern California? 
Yeah, just so just one one really cool story that we've seen multiply into uh, generations. It's just a normal guy. Um, so our team, you know, we were we felt led to to pray and fast uh, specifically for a Moses, meaning we're praying and fasting for someone to to really minister amongst their own people, have a heart and, and, and to lead a movement amongst their own people. And so the, the section of the city that we were living in was called uh, Little Saigon. You know, it's the, it's the largest populated uh, of, of Vietnamese people outside of Vietnam. You know, there's a couple hundred thousand Vietnamese people who, who live in Little Saigon. And so anyway, after, after we were praying and fasting, we didn't really feel like God gave us a specific answer or anything, but I had a meeting with another one of my teammates uh, and we met at a local banh mi shop. Just this, uh, it's a, like a Vietnamese sandwich shop. And we're the only two white guys in this store, which is, which is pretty normal for us. But anyway, after our meeting, this Vietnamese guy came up to us and said, what are you guys doing here? Because we're the only white people in there. And we're like, oh, you know, we live here. We, we actually live here in Little Saigon. Uh, we moved here to tell people about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? He's like, yeah, I've heard of Jesus. And we're like, great. How about we meet together and let's study the word together uh, because we need to you know, this, this place is full of people who don't know Jesus. Let's work together. And so anyway, we were, we were reading in Acts chapter two uh, and, and in verse 38, where it says, repent and be baptized. And Lee looks at us and he's like, I've never truly repented or, bap- or been baptized before. Can we do that right now? And we're like, absolutely, we can do that right now. And so we were able to baptize them. But immediately after uh, Uh, he said, you know, I want to give my life to Christ. He said these quotes that I thought were just phenomenal. He said, I must tell my whole family about this. Lee is the first Christian in his entire family. He says, it's my job to tell other people. You know, I've been waiting to do this a long time. I feel something in my heart that I cannot explain. And so really from the, from the get go, you can see that he was a new creation, but also he had that heart of an ambassador as well, where he wanted to tell other people. He knew that it was in his identity to tell other people. And so we baptized him and, um, he told me, he's like, Hey, I, my son-in-law doesn't know Jesus. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to start telling him about Jesus. And so two weeks later, he calls me and he's like, Hey, my, my son-in-law just, just gave his life to Christ. I'm going to baptize him when I go back to Vietnam. And so Lee went back to Vietnam, was able to baptize him. I talked to him, you know, two weeks ago, he's like, my wife, my wife wants to be a follower of Jesus as well. Um, I called him yesterday. He said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm studying the Bible with this lifelong friend, uh, that we've been, um, we've just been friends for so long. We're, we're studying the Bible together. And so really Lee, he didn't have any Bible college training. You know, honestly, he doesn't even know the word extremely well. He's just, he's just a new believer. He's just studying the word. Uh, but you can see the multiplication happening amongst the unreached people group. And you can see the life change in him walking in his true identity of a new creation and ambassador. Man, that's an incredible, incredible story, man. So as we're, as we wrap this, this time up, man, how can we as a church be praying for you in your ministry there in Southern California? Yeah. So, so our team has been growing and we've been multiplying. So uh, actually my, my family and, a, and another family on the team, we just moved to, to a new community 
uh, in Southern California. So be praying uh, as we are looking for people of peace, as we are looking for another Moses uh, to, to launch a movement through. Um, please, please be praying for that. Obviously be praying for our family as, as the addition of, of a new baby here soon, Lord willing. Um, but lastly, pray, pray, for, pray for these disciples of Jesus that they would, that they would multiply, um, that they would uh, have, the, uh, have the identity of, of an ambassador, of a new creation to, to multiply amongst the unreached people groups because we long to see, see the Great Commission fulfilled. And that's cool. And I know you, you share with me, you've just moved to Irvine, California. So I know a couple of guys there. I know, I know a church in Irvine that, that would love to have you around and be an encouragement to. Uh, Irvine's a, a pretty cool place, a unique, probably the most unique city I've ever been in in my life, the way it's laid out. But um, man, that's cool. We'll be praying for, for you and Lauren, especially uh, during these times of, of moving and then obviously the baby coming. Boy, boy or girl? We don't know. We kept this one a surprise. So this is the tiebreaker. Nice. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, look, man, before we close out, one of the things we do with this is we just try to get to know you a little bit. So I've just got some, some rapid fire questions for you just so that we can get to know you. There's no script here. You don't know what's coming. Uh, some are serious. Right. Some are just goofy. But anyway, so real quick, super easy one. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? I did not eat breakfast this morning. I got you. What's a typical breakfast for Tim Hutchinson? Uh, I'm going to go with a bagel and cream cheese, but plain bagel, plain cream cheese. Just keep it, just keep it basic. No need to get all fancy. I got you. All right. What's been the coolest part of living in L.A.? Um, well, the weather is really nice, yeah. but uh, – but also I love the diversity, you know, different foods, uh, different peoples, just understanding and learning different people's cultures is, is really cool. Man, I really thought you were going to say being on the prices right and going down front <laughs> and, and playing, but I, wow, I, I was like tossing that one up for you. Maybe, maybe if I won the car, uh, I would have said that, but since I lost on the car. Yeah, for, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I need, you have a video of that, don't you? It's somewhere on Facebook, yeah. Okay, I'm going to need to find a link and put that in the show notes so that you guys can see Tim on The Price is Right play for a car so close. <laughs> Man, so it had to be wild, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's, the, what's the skill that you would like to master? There's so many. I don't know if I'm good at anything. Um, skill I would like to master. I would love to speak Arabic. Hmm. Just specifically because we work so much with Arabs here. For sure. All right, finish this sentence without using profanity. The Ohio <laughs> State Buckeyes. Oh, man. They um, <laughs> are the thorn in my flesh. <laughs> Got you. All right, what one thing do you really want but you just can't afford? Like if money were, were, were not, you know, an issue, like what is that one thing you just really want? Hmm. Probably fleshly, uh, a house with land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, land, land's not cheap there in Southern California. No. <laughs> Nobody's owning anything. Nothing. 
All right. If you could have one, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Let's go with um, to know what other people are thinking. That could be really dangerous. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. You can use that for so much, though. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, what book, other than the Bible, has impacted you the most? Um, man, probably recently it's, uh, it's Spirit Walk by Steve Smith. Really just talking about how to, to operate and walk in the Holy Spirit. Man, yeah, that, that, that sounds good. I need, to, I need to check that one out because I haven't read that. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Hey Arnold. All right. And then uh, last question is this, man. What is the best advice someone has ever given you? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind was just uh was the quote by Jim Elliott, but many other leaders have have uh have spoken this over me is just wherever you are, be out there. Yeah. Uh you know, whether you're you're serving the church, whether you're you're at the workplace, whether you're you know, at home, you know, be all there, you know, be, be in the spirit. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. Tim, thank you again for taking this time to join us on our podcast, man. We'll be praying for you, especially with your move and uh, the baby on the way. And uh, man, it's exciting times for you. And uh, thank you for just the inspiration you are to, to share your faith. Uh, I think we can all relate. Like I know for myself and others, like we feel like, man, I just, I'm not very good at it, or I'm not an extrovert, or I don't know what I'm going to say, but um, man, thank you for just your example to us to just be faithful to that and, and to see unreached people groups and see the, the difficult groups of people being reached for the gospel, man. It's, it's an encouragement and an inspiration to us, man. So Peace Church is praying for you, and uh, thanks again for being with us. I appreciate the encouragement. Thankful for you guys as well. Thankful for the partnership. Awesome, man. Well, you have an awesome day. All right, you too. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Peace Church Life Change Podcast. We hope that you were challenged and encouraged today as you listened. Until next time, Peace Church, you are sent. Let's go make disciples.